Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ho, 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 look at this. Welcome to the football show on Belfast Live. No expense spared here. Beautiful Christmas tree. It must be that time of the year. And isn't that lovely? That wee <laughs> thing there. I may sing there. No, no, stay with us. I won't. But uh, with me and the main man, Paul Lehman, this week, very special guest. It's the one, the only Crusaders goalkeeper, Sean O'Neill. But sadly, a man who hasn't kicked a ball in earnest this season because of injury. How frustrating has that been? It's been very frustrating, Jackie. Um, it's obviously something you you don't think about um, going into pre- uh, pre-season but no, I needed an operation to, to fix the shoulder and, and thankfully I've, I've got it done now. Yeah, we'll talk in depth later about it but uh, you're almost ready to be in contention again. Yeah, I think one or one or two more reserve games and, and I'll be ready to go and maybe put a wee bit of pressure on, on, on the big day in. Big but Brian Jensen? Yeah, who, who I hate. Um, Funny <laughs> <laughs> enough, he likes you. <laughs> no, uh, Brian's a great guy. Um, but with just the way things have happened, he's come on, come in, done, re- done really well. So, obviously, um, in the next one or two games, then I'll be back fighting for it. You've been playing for the reserves. I have. Um, it's obviously some some of those reserve games you go to. I'm sure, Paul Talia. You know when you're when you're injured and you're getting back in, it's. It's hard to keep yourself motivated mentally as well, um, but it is what it is, and thankfully the next couple of games will hopefully be back in. Yeah. You never played for the reserves, did you? Only when it's come back from injury, Jackie, you have <laughs> got to get the minutes in, but I always used it as, you know, you've got to use it for fitness, and I also always tried to help the younger players who yeah. were coming through, so I always made, made use of it as best I could. And you two guys played together at Crusaders and had good times? Yeah, I think I signed the same same summer that, that yeah. Sean signed and you know I, I had four really brilliant years at Crusaders and, and Sean is a great character at, at Crusaders and, and we're lucky enough to win some trophies together. Yes he is a character. <laughs> but uh, let's look back, you weren't at uh, the first game we're going to talk about from last <coughs> weekend, Coleraine won, Crusaders won. Both managers seemed to hint that they were the better team and that I should have won it, he says I should have won it. What have you heard in the dressing room at Seaview? Well, we were actually disappointed. We didn't come away with three points. Uh, by all accounts, we had big chances to, to go and win the game. But I mean, if you'd have said to me before the game that you know take a, a draw away from the showgrounds, we'd have been quite happy with that. Um, yes, you go in hoping to win every game, but you know, it's a tough place to go. And, and Orange got them kind of motoring as well at the minute. He certainly has. Have you been surprised by the great run they've been on? No, because I, I, I looked from last year; they hadn't been beaten. You know, last year, since I think it was January, right through to the end of the season, that they hadn't been beaten from. So, no, it didn't surprise me, and that they've got a, a good man in charge in, in Oran. So, no, it, it didn't. It didn't, to be honest. Cole Ryan, they haven't won the last two. Uh, lost to Linfield, drew with Crusaders. What do we read into that? 
I think both games were very close. Jackie, you know, by all accounts, the Linfield game in the second half, Coleraine should have got something out of that game. So we've been disappointed there. But I think Coleraine, like Crusaders, they've probably been happy with the point last week because Crusaders are in fantastic form at this moment in time. They've 100% record away from home. So that's, it's a good result. I think a draw is probably a good result for both teams last week. Uh, I must say this last week, I've been asked more times about can Coleraine last the pace? I think they can and they'll be up there. What do we think? John? Um, put me on the spot, Jerry. Uh, You're hoping they don't. I, I am hoping <coughs> they don't. I think Christmas time, uh, this kind of Christmas period, um, tells you where you're going to kind of be in the league. It, I think it'll be tough for Coleraine because you know, going two and three games a week and they'll be travelling the likes of Balna Mallard and you know, it's a lot of travelling for them. I think that could be the, the period where they kind of might drop a few points, to be honest. Can they stay up there? I think they've, they've proved, certainly proved that they can stay there so far, Jackie. And you know, even when they lost key players like Lyons and, and, and Bradley and, and a couple of others, you know, they managed to s sustain that good form. And now they've got Brad Lyons back, which is a big boost for them. Yes, Last week, and Bradley Zorro mask. Yeah, and but he's a good player. He is, but they're going to need that strength and depth. As Sean says, when it comes over this Christmas period. There's a lot of fixtures, pile up of fixtures. You start to pick up more injuries and suspensions, and that's when you really need your squad. Pitches become heavier. You know, the Coleraine playing surface, for me, is debatable over the winter, and is that something that might affect them? But so far, you know, they'll be really pleased with where they're at. They're on top of the table, and they'll be hoping they can stay there. Mm. Uh, last Friday night, Glenavon nil, Linfield won. A lot of people, including myself, thought Glenavon could maybe upset the Blues, but the Blues did it. Yeah, and I fancied that game for a draw, Jackie, but Linfield went there and, you know, they beat Coleraine the previous week. Their tails were up and they went there and got another massive result against Glenavon, 1-0 with the Cameron Stewart goal and, you know, a bit of <coughs> debate. I think Gary Hamilton wasn't happy with referees and stuff, mm. so there was it added a bit of fuel to it. But, you know, it's a massive win for, for Linfield and, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about a crisis at Linfield a few weeks ago and now they've got two big wins back to back and they're right back in the mix again. Yeah, two wins in the bounce for uh, David Healy's side, and, and they needed them, Sean. They did, because they, they had a kind of, you know, a, a bit of a wobble, really. It wasn't, you know, people were saying, as Paul said, it was a crisis. You know, it wasn't, you know, it's very If you lose two games at Windsor Park, it's a crisis. Yeah, um, and expectations are so high, but I think, if, if we're honest, I actually tipped that game for a draw as well. Um, but from going back the years, Linfield always kind of produced the goods when it comes down to it, you know, um, and we probably should have realised that in the, in the end. Glenavon's first defeat at home in eight games, that'll be a stunner, and they didn't score. It's the first time they haven't scored a goal in this year's Premier League. Yeah, so, you know, they, they've got to find, you know, they've got to get back to the drawing board this week and try and pick up another result, but... They'll be disappointed in that result, and I think by all means they were, they were well in the game as well. It was a close enough game. So a defeat at home for them, they've just got to look the bounce back now and get on another good run again. Mm. Talking about a good run, Cliftonville earned one. Uh, Cliftonville won, Ballymena United nil, nine wins for the Reds in the last ten. Now that's good form. Mm -hmm. It is, and I think uh, Brian Neeson, you know, the goalkeeper, goalkeeper. coming in, you know, they're, they're, they're conceding very little goals at the minute, um, and I think that was always... Clevenville's Achilles heel, to be honest. The, you know, they conceded a, a few goals. Just looking at my notes here, they haven't conceded in the last five league games. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's that says it all. That, you know, I'm sure Barry Gray is, is delighted with that, because um, it's, it's not not every day you, you go five um, five clean sheets in a row. So.
he'd be happy. Well, you would know about that, yeah. I you wouldn't, Jackie, no. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Big David, uh, they were all lucky. They hit the woodwork twice. Cliff will hit the woodwork once. They get the rebound and score. So David will feel, maybe I should have got a share of the spoils. He will, David. What, what David will be happy with is their, their recent form has been a lot better. You know, they were, they're now competing in every game, whereas before they were conceding too many goals, individual mistakes. They seem to have cut those out. Um, they're on a better run in the league, and you know they're now competing with the top teams in the league now. Yeah. But they need to stabilise Ballymena to stay in touch with that top six. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're still behind Glenthorne in terms of the top six. That that will be their next sort of target. Let's get can we catch Glenthorne, and once they if they're able to do that, they've got to try and get as far up the table as they can. But they're certainly improving all the time. And, and Cliftonville, as you said, their form has been tremendous. Mm. You know the clean sheets. When you're keeping clean sheets, you're always going to have a chance in games. And as Sean said, Barry Gray will be delighted with that. You mentioned your beloved Glen Torn. <coughs> At the Oval last Saturday, Glen Torn nil, Ards 2. Oh dear. I, I read it was Ards' first win at the Oval in 30 years. 30 years, yeah. Which tells you a lot. Um, the Glens are playing really poorly, especially at the Oval. I think they've only scored two goals in their last nine fixtures at the Oval, which is just not good enough. It's not good enough. You know, and I think I've always said when Glen Torn lose key players out of their team, they just don't have that strength and depth the replacements to come in. Apparently they missed about three great chances and that's maybe a sign of very low confidence. Yeah, the confidence, I mean, we always talk about Curtis Allen. I think for me, Curtis is a, an outstanding player in the Glenthorne team, as is Elliot Morris. And if he's not scoring for him, you're looking around the team thinking where's the goals going to yeah. come from. There's no one else consistently scoring. And that's been Glenthorne's problem, especially at home. And home fixtures are games that they've got to be looking to win, especially against the teams around the bottom. So it's a really poor result for Glenthorne last week, but taking off in the way from Ards, it's a, it's a fantastic result for them, one that well, they needed. Gary Haver and the players <coughs> got pelters from the, the home fans last Saturday. You can understand the fans' frustration, but Gary, he's one to be straight out there, tell the truth, but he says the players have to stand up and take some responsibility as well. Players right. He's brought those players in. He's you know shown faith in them. Yeah. He's given them the platform at Glenthorne, and at this moment in time, they're not playing well enough. They started the season really well, but they had a full squad to choose from. Confidence was higher. Neither they've lost a few key players. McGuigan, Marcus Kane's been out. You know, mm. players have been off form, and you just you just worry a little bit for Glenthorne. They're sort of going the wrong way at this moment in time, and and as I said last week, the expectation will always be there at Glenthorne. Regardless of budgets and you know money, whatever the, the expectation will always be there. The fans will expect Glenthorne to beat teams like ours. So when they're not doing that, they'll vent their frustrations. Yeah, and because of that expectation, should we worry about Gary? I hope not, but we should. I don't think so. I think you know the, the board have given Gary the job and they've got to show more faith in him. Um, you know, we know the money isn't there. He's got to work with what he's got. But as I say, normally the fans at Glenthorne, you know, they'll, they'll vote with their feet. Once the crowd start dropping, if they're getting a few bad results and they're not competing in, in, in the championship and cup competitions, the fans will vent their frustration and then that ultimately comes upon the manager. That's football for you. But I, I would I would hope that Glenthorne would show, show faith in Gary, see where they are at the end of the season and maybe take stock then. Yeah, let's hope so. Dungannon 4, Carrick 0. Dungannon were four up at half time, Sean. Easy peasy. Yep, and um, you know, I was talking to, to Davy McLinden the other night, and he, I mean, they they just kind of totally collapsed really in the first half. It was 
poor Siobhan from, from Carrick um, because I, I, again like Paul said about the Glens hoping that, that that should have been one of the games where they were hoping maybe to get a, a point or, or, or a nicking away win Dungan and Bell accounts were, were brilliant in the first half and Ryan Harper's uh, actually the, the goals yeah, he's a good operator Ryan yeah. Harper he is and he's capable of getting those goals from midfield um, you know for him to get three um, in, a, in the space of I don't know 20 minutes or so was was, yeah. was a bit strange but you know by all accounts Carrick won't be happy with the goals conceded no, and Carrick have just one league win in their last 12 they've really hit the buffers haven't they and they've conceded 11 in their last two league games yes. seven against Crusaders and four last week yeah. so that's really worrying for, for Davy McLennan who was a defender himself I'm sure they work hard on defending and competing in games and they're just not doing that at this moment in time and it, it is worrying for them they're they're slipping closer to the bottom now. And uh, a nice result for uh, Dungannon. Yeah, it's a great result for Dungannon because their form's been poor of late yeah. too. And you know, bitsy. We always praise Rodney's teams for the, the style of football they play mm. and he'll be really pleased. It's a good win for them. Bala Mallard won at Warren Point, won a <laughs> point for the Mallards and they were close to winning it. Yeah, I, th I think it's a better point for, for Bala Mallard than it is for Warren Point. Warren Point the previous week by all accounts, they give, gave Glenthorne a, a really good game, played really well, so they would have been looking to go there and get all three points. But I think they equalised later on again from, from Darren Murray. Yeah. So Balna Mallard will be disappointed that they weren't able to hang on for all three points. And I think my old mate Richard Clark, he was sent off in the game as well. well what's the game coming to? Richard Clark? <laughs> hothead, absolute hothead. Can't believe it. <laughs> a stylish player, what did he do? <laughs> Two bookings, he says we're never bookings. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, but considering where they both sit, a point's a point for both sides. Yeah, I mean, Balna Mallard, as I say, they'll be happy with the point because points are hard to come by for them, you know, over the last amount of weeks. And so they'll be they'll be pleased with that point. But Warren Point will have been looking to get all three, considering they were probably in better form between the two teams. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at the Danske Bank Premiership uh, table, how things are stacking up. There we are, Coleraine. They've played one more game than Crusaders and Glenavon, but... Coleraine leads 42 points, 6 point lead, back to Crusaders on 36, Glenavon 36, Crusaders second because of goal difference, 2 points back on 34, Cliftonville and a point behind Linfield who have a game in hand of Cliftonville. And then we have an 8 point gap back to the team in 6th place, Glen Torren on 25, that's the top 6, 4 point uh, Drop then to the bottom six. Balamini United 21, Dungannon 20, and then seven point gap to that four team league at the bottom. Ars 13, Warren Point 12, Carrick 9, Balna Mallard 5. So it's as they say, what does it say? It's all to play for. Sean O'Neill. <laughs> Merry Christmas, by the way. We got a tree in, especially for you. See that? Well, some money in this. Oh, some money. You want the money we're earning? I huh? was thinking that. For the IRS, <laughs> the Inland Revenue. That was a joke. <laughs> and why we're sitting here, I don't know. But my producer Mark said, "Don't be mentioning the fact that you don't get paid for this, Jackie." So, Mark, I won't mention it. Are you not getting paid for this? Funny you should say that. <laughs> Sean, tell me about yourself as a young boy. It must have been Gaelic hurling. Gaelic hurling. That was it, Jackie. No football at all. Um, the foreign sport. No one, no one played that. No That's one played right. that. Um, yeah. 
No, um, yeah, Gaelic and, and hurling was the main kind of sports in, in our household. So where did football come? Football came in secondary school. Um, I was actually a, kind of one of the, we, it's a late developer now in, in football. I was like 11, 12 when yeah. um, the, the school kind of goalkeeper get, get injured or he went home sick or something like that. And um, You played out of that stage or when you kicked I was ball. playing, yeah, I was playing outfield in that, in that stage. Good? Right. Probably it's probably better than Libra, like, but nah, no, oh, a lot of people that. are. <laughs> no, um, no, I wasn't to be honest, and I probably thought I was. Um, yeah. So going back into gold was probably a, a blessing in this case. So where did you play first of all, um, junior league wise and that sort of thing? Kind of junior Green Island. I went to Green Island. The, the manager of the school football team, a guy called John McCormick, was um, the manager of Green Island, and he asked me to come up. Um, so I went up to Green Island and had an absolute, you know, ball. I had five years of probably five years. development of uh, uh, that was what I would say where everything kind of, you know, football started to become the, the bread and butter really. Um, the passion. It did. It really did it. That at Green Island, that that really got the. Uh, that's where I really I really enjoyed my time up there, and it's something that. I'd like to go back in maybe mm. later days to, to give back to the club. Yeah, and I think you played underage <coughs> at Clentoran for a period. Yeah, under 16s. I from Green Island. You know, Green Island stopped at under 16s. Went to Glentorn, um, but only kind of our Glentorn team at the time was, was fantastic. It, we didn't lose a game that whole season, um, unlike now. But uh, <laughs> uh, the last kind of six months of, of the season there. Kenny Shields um, had rang me and Ballymena manager. Yep, that I went time. up to I went up to Ballymena to play for the reserves at this stage. So it was a bit of a jump coming from under sixteen to, to play for reserves. Um, but I thought it was a, it would have been good from a development. Yeah, and you stayed at Ballymena quite a time. Yeah, I, was, I think it was our six years at Ballymena. Yeah, um, and you played a few times in the first team. I played about twenty games. It, it wasn't um, under Ken, Kenny. Obviously, went then, and Tommy Wright came aboard and. and That's right. I'd worked with Tommy when I was younger because he was a friend at Green Island um, at the club. So I'd worked with him numerous times. So it was beneficial for Tommy Wright to be coming in in terms of the goalkeepers at the club. Didn't pl played one or two games under Tommy, and then obviously when Roy Walker came in, that's when kind of most of my my games were. Yeah. Really. Didn't you have a a bad injury or a, a health scare or something? Yeah, I'm, probably. I what age were you at that time? I was time? probably about, I was about 20 at this, that stage. Um, yeah. I was playing a Gaelic game, which obviously <laughs> I didn't tell Tommy Wright at the time, who would have <laughs> hidden me against the wall. Um, but no, I got an elbow playing in a match and was getting kind of headaches and turns out I had a blood clot and an abscess in the, in the right-hand side of my brain. So it was, it was in, um, in hospital for a couple of months, and I'm sure you're going to tell me they were... Trying to find a brain or something like that, ah, are you? Whooped. <laughs> Perish the thought, Sean. <laughs> Did they find it? Unfortunately <laughs> not. <laughs> you had surgery, yeah? Yeah, major surgery. Had two surgeries, yeah. It was at the time, and you look back on it now and think, you know, it was, it was, it was nothing. But the, you know, at the time, it was a, it was a, a major factor. And was it panic? You were panic. I was panicking really at the time. I would think so. And then you eventually made it to Dungannon Swifts, where you had a, Dungan, a good year yep. playing wise. Darren Murphy um, was was the main kind of reason I went down there. I played with Darren at, at Ballymena for a while, and he gave me a call, so I went down. Him, Rodney, and, and Dixie Robinson had a, had a great year there. They're great guys, aren't they? Really, really good guys. You know, 
and it's good. Talking about Dungan, it's always you know Rodney. Like uh, the first club I look for, you know, after ours. Um, but it was a good time. It was you were busy, and that probably got me the move to Crusaders, which eventually yeah, you came. were learning your trade and getting experience, was, yeah. which is yeah. the important thing. Yeah. And then on, you're now on your seventh season with how did how did the move to Crusaders come about? Who came and said we want him? Um, I spoke to Stephen. Stephen kind of rang me in January time, and um, we we met up, had a chat, and that was it. It, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of negotiations in it. It was basically him saying, "Come to Crusaders." I knew Crusaders. If you want, I was from Belfast. The travelling obviously if Dungannon wasn't yeah. ideal, but yeah. you know five minutes down the road Crusaders and obviously they were a big club they'd just been beaten the wealth they eventually were beaten in the Irish Cup final that year and they were finishing second and third so it was a, it was a big move at the time for me yeah. he's a good one yeah I mean I, I have to be honest when I went to first went to Crusaders signed at the same time as Sean I didn't really know a lot about him by the time I left I knew plenty about him you know <laughs> he's quiet he's listen <laughs> in all the, the, the big good teams that I played in he always had characters and I mentioned earlier Sean's a real character he's a real yeah, winner big characters they're, yeah. they're important good for the dressing room yeah. you know he's he's one of the guys who makes things happen in the dressing room he's a real motivator great laugh at times you know settles people's nerves you, you need that but above all that he's a fantastic goalkeeper and I saw that over my time at Crusaders, and we had some great times the years that I was there, and I really enjoyed playing with Sean. It was it was good fun. And you won. <laughs> was your contract? Up? <laughs> <laughs> Where's your contract? Because uh, we helped. Uh, I'm actually. I'm a new contract. Great, because I'm actually week. in negotiations at the minute with, with Stephen regarding oh, a new contract. So we'll talk to Stephen. But you'd <laughs> like word. you'd you'd want to stay, would you? Oh, without doubt. You know what. Just don't see myself leaving Crusaders now. It's seven years now, and you know it's it's been seven great years. I couldn't complain. Um, two leagues, two leagues, league cup, league cup. Satanta, Satanta was a great day. Yeah. You played in a cup final, but sadly lost it. Yeah, but they've been good times. They have. What was what was the highlight or what was the most exciting moment for you? For me, that that first. That first year um, was was brilliant. We'd won the league cup together. It was obviously your first trophy, um, and then the cup final came. the The Irish cup final was the week before the Tanta cup final, and we we were terrible. We're we're against we're against four, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. But everyone's minds were really on the Tanta cup because we act. No one actually gave us a, a chance to win that Tanta cup, and That's true. Um, we you beat Derry City. We did. It was M's. It was actually it was actually a good game. Uh, it two was. each, I think. I it ended there, two yeah, each. It was a good um, game. But yeah, we, I mean the celebrations after that were they were good. Legendary. Legendary. Yep. We'll draw a veil over them. <laughs> but uh, tell me about the injury and when you first got it. The shoulder. It's the left. The left shoulder. Yeah. It, it first happened actually my the second season at Crusaders. We played Linfield at at Windsor on New Year's Day I think it was and the shoulder popped out and Chris Morrow won in the goal um, and I was out kind of for three months there until I was just kind of strengthening it up I didn't get the operation and then I had no problems until kind of the start of last year and the, the shoulder I think the shoulder came out 15 times last year so it was just wasn't nice and that's a very painful thing I'm told my brother Jimmy has had that playing yeah, rugby he said it's the most painful injury he ever had. It is the first couple. The first couple of times you do it, it, it it's really bad. After that, 
kind of start to get used to it. And it <laughs> gets that way. <laughs> so again, you had surgery. Had surgery. Had two pins in my shoulder. Um, when was the surgery? That was in May of this year. Yep, and of this year. So um, you're talking kind of to say if you really want to let it, you know, get the recovery right, it should be around six to seven months. So we're coming around that period now. Yeah, and you'll be back. How's it stood up, by the way? In the reserve games, yeah, no problems. How's it, how's it stacking up in your mind? Are you worried about it? Or well, that's 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 the one that that I think going down on it. There's no problem going down on it. It's in your mind. It's it's that you know that one shot that you're yes. flying in the top corner and yeah. full stretch. That's that's the one. Once you get by that, I think you're everything else is alright. But the medics have said it's okay, good to go. They have given the hundred percent. Go ahead, the goal, yeah. yeah. And now you have to get back in the team. Get back in the team. Past the great day. Or I don't, do not know. Or I do not know. But no, I think he'll be back. No, I'll be back for sure at some stage. But you'll play for a number of years. Yeah, you're a goalkeeper. Yeah, well, I've probably, I've probably good eight or nine years left. It's on my passport. It says I'm 29. Whether that's whether that's legit or not, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would look at that again. <laughs> 29. Well, sure, I'm, you're only 32, aren't you? <laughs> I'm the pressure of this. Uh, some paper on that. <laughs> what about uh, coaching, managing in the future? It's something I'd definitely be interested in. It's something that, that you know tackles my fancy for sure. I. I Definitely, the coaching side of things—it's it's something I want to get into, and I'll do my, my badges and that relatively soon. Um, but yes, maybe not—you know—in not too distant future. Yes, it's something I'd like to be in. And you were serious. You're only twenty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> When's Joel Tiger getting this, Joel? <laughs> <When's> Joel <Tiger? laughs> Who's Joel Tiger? <laughs> okay, the weekend fixtures when we. Choose doubles. We're very good at it. I didn't get anything right <laughs> last week. Neither did he. No. What do we know, eh? And uh, they're not great prices this week, actually. You're not allowed to do this because it's against the law. I wouldn't know anything <coughs> about that. And you that. wouldn't break the law. I know I know the time of you. Ards at home to Glenavon. Glenavon, 7 to 10 favourites. Ards at home, 10 to 3. Boogies have got that one right, you would think. Yeah, well, Glen Avon obviously coming off the back of the defeat to Linfield last week, Jackie and Ards are coming off a good win in the league at yeah. the Oval. So, you know, in terms of league, uh, league games, you know, Ards will be confident. But Glen Avon with their firepower on playing on a good surface at Ards there as well, you know, I, I fancy Glen Avon in that one. Ards supplied, of course, by Bet McLean, and uh, we have Ballymena at home to Ballymallard. Ballymena two to five at home favourites. Ballymallard eleven to two. United at the choice there. Ballymena, yeah, Ballymena are really struggling, and, and, and Ballymena's form's been a lot better of late, so go for them. And uh, then we have Carrick Rangers, 11 to 2, at home to Coleraine, the leaders, 2 to 5. Yeah, Carrick can be a difficult place to go, difficult pitch, but you know, Coleraine, you've got to fancy them, league leaders. Yeah, they've got to bounce back as well. They've got to bounce back. Carrick have conceded 11 in their last two games, so, but Davy McLean don't want to see a response there, so I don't think Coleraine will get it. So easy, but you have to fancy him in the end. Crusaders four to nine, odds on favourites against Glentoran five to one. You ever think you'd see Glentoran being five to one anywhere? No, honestly, and it sort of pains me sometimes. Jack. It I, does, have to, yeah. I have to admit <laughs> that um, you've got to fancy Crusaders and the, the, the form that they're in, the home team, and, and Glentoran. I think are struggling with a few injuries and suspensions as well as bad form. So. 
could be a difficult day for, for Glens Horn and you know Crusaders will be looking to pick up all three points there. Yeah. Linfield in the bag of two wins, two to nine at home to Dungannon, nine to one. The draw there is nine to two. Yeah. Never know with Linfield. They they do something big and then they seem to slump it. I'm sure Mr. Healy will try to prevent that. Yeah, I think Limfield's biggest problem will be the last two games <coughs> have been against the top two teams, so it'll probably been easy for them to motivate themselves. Yes. To get up for those big games, and they got two great results. Neither Dungannon at home, a game which they're expected to win, so it's a different kind of motivation needed. So the only thing that would let Limfield down is maybe a bit of complacency on the day. They should be winning that game at home, but Dungannon coming off the back of a good win, they'll be going there full of confidence too, and, and they'll have a go because they always play yeah. the same way. Nothing to lose except the match. Uh, and Barry Gray takes Cliftonville back to his old club, Warren Point. Warren Point at home, 5-1. to one. Cliftonville, 4-9. to nine. Cliftonville have to be the favourites there. They do, and Warren Point, you know, it's a mixed bag from them. You know, great performance one week and a, a mediocre one the next week. And Cliftonville's a really, t their form team at this moment in time, not conceding goals. And, you know, they're scoring as well from, from all areas. You know, not just their two formidable strikers. So I'd have to go for Cliftonville in that one. Yeah, when you look at uh, us picking doubles, which we don't do very well, <laughs> uh, there are no good prices this week at all. I mean, I, I would go for Glenavon at 7 to 10, and maybe, uh, let me see, Coleraine at 2 to 5. Yeah. I mean, it's not. They're not great odds. I would have to go agree with you. I'd go for Glenavon, 7 to 10, and, and Cliftonville at 4 to 9, away to Warren Point would be the double if I was picking one this week. Right. Never gamble, son. <laughs> Never <laughs> gamble. <laughs> Here, tell me this. Looking at those teams there, just remind you of the teams. Who's the best side you've seen this season? Who would you consider the main danger to Crusaders? I, I think Linfield will always come good. I, I do think that if, I, if, if you're asking me now what I think, I think it will come down to a Crusaders Linfield. I think, yeah. I, think at all, I do. I, I, um, Coleraine. They're probably the best side we've played when they, they beat us. They beat us three one, I think it was. Um, three two. Three two. Sorry, yep. Yeah. Um, so they were probably the best side we've played. However, as I said earlier, I do think the Christmas period, um, you know, they may struggle around around that time. Yeah. It also helps Crusaders and Linfield because they have walked that way before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's all to play for, and it's very interesting. So there we are. That's it. Thanks to Paul. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks to Sean. Jackie Good to Paul. see you, my friend. And from me, Jackie Fullerton, I'm dreaming <laughs> of a white Christmas. Just like they can't pay me enough to do that. <laughs> anyway, we will see you before Christmas. We have a couple more programs. Uh, hope you like our three. Hope you liked our two guests today. And uh, get out to a match. Support your home side. You'll enjoy it, honestly. Best of greetings from all of us. Bye-bye.